Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Joel Coleman of Sports Illustrated's Cowbell Corner, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for thunder and lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Joel T. Coleman here with you on a Sunday evening, Monday morning. Thanks for tuning in at supertalk.fm or wherever it is. You get podcasts from. We appreciate our great listeners, especially our servicemen who are out there taking care of us. We want to thank our sponsors. It's Strange Brew Coffeehouse and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. As you can probably tell from the sound of my voice, I could go for a little ice cream right now. I might need a little that soothing uh, dairy action. I don't know what the, the word is for that. Uh, I, 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 soothing dairy action? I need Will Gilmer to tune in here and be like, this is what this is the, the chemical uh, reaction of, of dairy products. You know, helping your throat. I don't know what it's called. Don't I don't I don't want to guess either because you're going to make it sound so like something dirty. Just, no, just I'm, not, I'm just Joel's here. mind always in the. Well, game. I'm just sitting here thinking again about, and I've thought about this before about how we drink other animals' milk. Mm-hmm. Does any other other animals drink other the milk of other? There's a really animals? funny cartoon about that. I'll show it to you after the show. Okay, I'll just put it that way. Uh, I, but I, no, I, I think the correct answer is no. After they become, you know, less than babies. No animal drinks milk ever again, if I'm correct. Well, there you go. <clears throat> so, you learned something today. But if you like milk, and you like milk in all its various forms, well, they've got a lot of things they're doing with milk. It's a very, very milky show, evidently. I enjoy milk. Well, there you go. Well, then you should enjoy some things at Churn and Spoon and at Strange Brew. because they're, they're they're They've got a lot of great products. But, of course, if you're lactose intolerant, they've got you covered over there, too. They've got a lot of great options for everybody. Uh, under one roof. So whatever it is you're looking for, Strange Brew Coffee House, Churn and Spoon Ice Cream, whatever kind of treat you're looking to give yourself, they got you covered. College Corner, collegecornerstore.com. That's the place to shop the biggest and best selection of MSU merchandise in central Mississippi. Two locations to serve you. One in, in the Jackson area. They're in Ridgeland by Fleet Feet. They're in Flowood by the Half Shell. You can always shop online at collegecornerstore.com. If you're looking for something for yourself, hey, a Mother's Day Mother's Day is not far off, guys. If you've got the, a bulldog lady in your life, Man, College Corner has got plenty of great gift ideas for you. Check them out at collegecornerstore.com and get your get your uh, your special someone something in maroon in in maroon and white. Maroon in white. That would that would just be pink at that point, I would think. <laughs> uh, our good friends over at Humble Taco. I, I have a trip to Humble Taco on my list of things to do this week. I want to head back over there and and, and grab some lunch, grab some dinner. Uh, because it's just fantastic. Why would you not want to go there? Great food, a unique menu, one that you're not going to find at any other Mexican restaurant, not just in Starkville, but in the whole state of Mississippi. A great Mexican fare with Mississippi Roots philosophy, and it really shines through. They're taking local Mississippi ingredients, Mississippi recipes, really, fried chicken, fried catfish, things like that, and turning them into uh, Mexican entrees. So go check it out. Vegan, gluten free, whatever you're you're looking for, whatever you're trying to find in your family, they've got you taken care of at Humble Taco over on University Drive. Joel, uh, I believe I may have been Charlie Winfield who tweeted it. It's, you can't always get what you want, 
Sometimes you get what you need. That is exactly what happened for MSU baseball this weekend. I want to know one thing. You thought State was going to win the series. So that means you thought – my guess is you thought they'd win on Sunday and then yeah. win one of the other ones. Is that accurate? That's correct. Which game did you think they were going to win? Oh, I mean, I would have thought they would have beaten Rocker. Beaten Rocker. I, 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 Rocker has <clears throat> been the most – in saying this, he hadn't been inconsistent, but he's been the most inconsistent of the two, I feel like, between he and Leiter. Um, as it turned out, that's not how it turned out. Um, and, and it, you know, it, if you told State that they were going to win one of the first two and go into Sunday with a chance to win the series, if you'd offered them that on Thursday, take it. you darn sure would have taken it. That's the situation they found themselves in, and then they found themselves up for nothing and just couldn't polish it off. But I know we'll talk about this more. It's what we do here on Thunder and Lightning. But nothing that happened over the course of the last three days in Nashville altered this team's trajectory at all. No, not at all. But one thing I find interesting is this. Evidently, Kumar Rocker just does not like Mississippi State. He's, I've seen him, what, three times against Mississippi State, and he has dominated the Bulldogs in every chance he's gotten. Uh, well, to be fair, he's dominated a lot of people every chance he gets. But State's not alone, for sure. But that guy has really, really pitched well against Mississippi State. I found one of, the, one of the things I found interesting this weekend, even in a series that they lost, was that and State has not been known for getting off to fast starts. But they got the lead in the first inning in every, every game in this series. And a lot of times, that's, you know, especially you, know, you get off to a four-run lead like you do on Sunday. With State's pitching, sometimes that's going to be enough. Uh, so that's a, that's good to see from Mississippi State. Rowdy Jordan continuing his hot hitting. Tanner Allen continuing to hit the ball well and really lead by example. The way he's running the bases has become almost the game within the game uh, in some places. Uh, I thought Brad Cumbus played well on Sunday. That's a guy – I feel like people keep trying to quantify what he does. Oh, he only does this. And he does, he's hitting like 380. You know, at some point you just have to say, you got to put him in the lineup. Um I thought Scotty DeBrule, although he didn't have a lot of hits this weekend, you know, he was productive. Um, obviously, Logan Tanner looks like he's starting to catch fire a little bit. He had a huge week for Mississippi State. Um, so a lot of good things you can take away from, from this weekend, even though State lost the series, because I think if you're a reasonable Mississippi State baseball fan, you thought going up there, if we could just get one, everything's going to be fine. And that's exactly what you did. Now, there are a lot of you unreasonable MSU baseball fans. Let's talk about you for just a moment. <laughs> Let's talk about these people who were complaining about Landon Sims coming in when he did on Saturday night. You are the same people, and you know that I'm right, that were complaining that Landon Sims wasn't coming in in the second inning when that one guy gets on base. Bring in Sims. It's over. He'll lock it down. Let him pitch eight. I don't care. That was the perfect decision by Chris Lamonis. You had a chance to beat the number one pick in the draft, the best pitcher in college baseball. You have to take full advantage there, and that's exactly what State did. Correct me if I'm wrong, and we talked about Sarantola a little bit like this. I think while Landon Sims struggled at the beginning there, not used to being in the stretch. He's just not used to it. He's used to coming in at the start Maybe of an so. inning. Maybe and, and just, you know, I'm in the windup, and I don't let anybody get on base. That could have been part of it, for sure. Uh, he, he proved to be a little bit human Do you agree with the decision Absolutely to bring Absolutely I did. I sure did. And first off, I mean, it's not like he's coming in with Mississippi State up 7-1 and the bases are empty and you got a six run. I mean, he came in and it was pretty obvious that Vandy was starting to put a little something together. Had first and second, and I mean, you're already in a spot there where, you know, one bad pitch is boom, 7-4, you got a ball game. I mean, there's still eight outs left. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you it was getting a little squirrely there. So it's not like they brought him in and, 
uh, a situation where it wasn't a flame didn't need to be extinguished. Something absolutely needed to be extinguished. Now, as it turned out, he was not his sharpest self, and he ended up putting a little gas on it real quick before putting it out. But, uh, but yeah, I agree with with putting him in there. You put him in in a spot where you knew for sure you needed him. Let, let's play this out, Brian. If you'd have got to Sunday, let's say State didn't use Landon Sims. Mm-hmm. And who knows if they hold on to win Saturday or not. I right. don't know. Right. We can You can play that out however you want to. But let's say that State did not use him on Saturday, and you hold him to Sunday, and it plays out exactly like it did. State was probably not going to go to Landon Sims, I would guess, in the fifth inning. Maybe they would have. I don't know. He, mm-hmm. He's pitched – I think his longest appearance this year is – Probably the, the it, game at, against Texas, Texas at the beginning yeah. of the year, yeah. which was four innings, I guess. Right. So, I mean, my guess is they would not have tried to get more than four innings out of him on Sunday. I, I don't know. Maybe they would have, but my guess is that they wouldn't have. Right. So he's probably not coming in in that fifth inning in which Vandy takes the lead 5-4. And he's coming in – he would have been coming in – let's say let's say the, what, the walk, and they said, you know what, let's go to Sims. He's coming in in the exact same situation. State's up 4-2. to two. They're leading the game. A little closer game. A little but, closer game, but it's it's basically the same situation. If they do put him in. And I don't think right. that they would I don't have think there. So either. Because then he has to pitch a half of a ball game. And, yeah. I, and I'm not saying he couldn't do that, but based on how he's been used this year, he hasn't come in before the sixth inning all year. Right? I think that's right. I'm that using my brain here thinking back. So uh, that, no, other than the, the Texas game. Yeah, he came in in, in, the, in the fourth, fourth or whatever right. it was. So that's it. Did he pitch the rest, the no, remainder of that? No, game? he, he did didn't. Not. That's right. No. Uh, but anyway, my guess is he's not coming in in the fifth inning if he hadn't been used yet. Which means whenever he comes in, he's coming in with Mississippi State trailing in the game. Mm-hmm. So it, look, Chris Lamont used so him in a situation way. where you needed him to save the game, and he did. And, and so you you lock down the fact. What do we say? Sometimes you don't get what you you want. You get what you need. State needed to get at least one. By putting in Landon Sims there, it all but guaranteed State was going to get that game. And they did. And you you try to win Sunday on Sunday. And, you know, if, if you can get a 4 nothing lead on a Sunday, you'll take that every time. State just wasn't able to, to polish it off. And I, I think there there is there is not much criticism that can be fired Chris Lamonis' way for, yeah. for putting in Landon Sims when he did on Saturday. I look back to the game against Arkansas on Saturday, and you remember sort of a similar situation. State's down, uh, what is it? It's four to one going into the fifth, and that's where it sort of unraveled on Mississippi State. And there was some talk about why didn't you bring in Sims then? Uh, I'm sorry, State was winning four to one, and that's where it unraveled. Remember? And. There's a lot of talk about why didn't you bring in Sims then? Why didn't you bring him in then? You know, and then it got to Sunday, and they gave him some relief, extended relief on Sunday. But State was still trailing when he came into the game, and people criticized the hell out of Lamonis that weekend about that's not how we got to use Landon Sims. We got to do this, this, and this. So this weekend he puts him in that situation to try and like let's win the game now. Yeah, and he still gets criticism. There, there was a chance if State didn't use Landon Sims on Saturday night, they might have pitched. Well, he would have pitched. I think he would definitely would have pitched, even if you were down. You're he wouldn't have pitched a game. meaningful inning. Exactly. You would have come out of the weekend with Landon Sims not having really pitched when it mattered. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, totally the right You position. ensured putting him in that his his eight outs that he needed to get when you're trying to hold on to a 
to a lead and beat Jack Leiter, which, by the way, nobody had ever done. He was 9-0 and in his career yeah. before Saturday night. You've got to nail that one down. Because, like you said, it ensures that you get at least one on the weekend. And, you know, it's not like everybody in their mind that was kind of flipping out a little bit that, that Landon Sims came in on Saturday night, they were playing it out like they knew for sure State was going to go into the 7th, 8th inning on Sunday with a one- or two-run lead. You don't yeah, know you don't how know Sunday's sure. going to play out. You may fall down 7 nothing. Yeah. You may go up 7 nothing. You yeah. don't know what's going to happen on Sunday. You win the game. And, look, this is different from a, a – a regional or, or super regional or something where right. we had to plan your pitch. You have a to plan it a little yeah. different. I mean, state doesn't. You know, it's not live or die. Got to win this year. You right. have to win Saturday's game. Well, go back to what Lamonis told us on Sports Talk Mississippi a few weeks ago. This I don't, I'm not worried about winning series. I'm worried about winning games. And that's how you have to look at it. We're going to win this yeah. game, and then we'll win the next game. And if that's your mentality, then you're, you're worried about winning the series because you want to win all three games. Well, I mean, it's a valid way to look at this SEC schedule. I think sometimes, even as podcasters, you know, we get on here and we get wrapped up. Some, did State win the series? I mean, we predict, is State going to win the series? At the end of the day, you play one thirty-game series. Yeah. That's it. I mean, it doesn't really matter. At the end, you don't look at the end of the year and say, "Oh, state was seven and three in series." Like, mm-hmm. you know, you look at the totality of yeah. the record. You, you try and win each and individual ball game, and state made sure they won Saturdays. And yeah. I, I can't hate Chris Lamonis at all for that decision. And I don't. I think I thought it was the right decision. Uh, this team's now what eleven and seven. They have one ranked team left on the schedule. I assume South Carolina. What you think? I don't know if you're moving on here. Kind of. Well, like well I'm sort of still talking okay. big picture here. Go ahead, though. I was going to ask you, while we're talking about Lamona's decision, how do you think how he, met, how he coached Sunday? You know, would you have done anything different? I, I would have. I thought after the walk, he should have changed pitchers. Uh, he, and he addressed that. He talked about, you know, his analytics said that it was better to make, is it, is it what's his name? The, the leadoff guy? The leadoff guy is Bradfield. Bradfield is it's who I'm talking about then, right? He's a left-handed hitter. The guy behind him, Young, that hit the, throw, the homer, right. was a, a switch hitter. Switch hitter. And he said that the splits said that it was better to keep him on the on you know pitch him with the righty. That's what the analytics said. Here's what I would I'm, and I plan to ask Chris Lamonis this today if if he comes on Sports Talk Mississippi is that when you're when you're an analytics coach and he is there's no question about that you know he uses analytics in his defensive philosophies and obviously in his pitching decisions. Is there ever a time where as a coach do you have to fully commit? Do you have to be committed to analytics? We never deviate from the numbers. Or is there ever a time we just say, I know the numbers say this, but I'm going to do this? Yeah. You know, the Tampa Bay Rays, mm-hmm. notoriously last year in the in the uh, the World Series, I think it was Blake Snell that was pitching at the time yeah. or whatever. They went, they they changed, they took him out despite he was rolling because yeah. their analytics said it's time to take him out. Yeah. So I wonder if, you know, for you, are you, are you committed? Or is it, because obviously he is. Because as a baseball person, your gut is telling you he just walked that guy on four pitches. He's lost it. We got to get him out. Bring in somebody else. The next guy's a switch hitter. It doesn't matter what we're doing, righty lefty. He's going to switch. Just bring in our best guy here. That's probably Houston Harding. And and, and also too, uh, it bears mentioning behind the switch hitter, there's like a bunch of righties in a row, right. which it was the heart of Andy's order. So right. you would have had Harding because there's only one out. So right. he's probably facing. <laughs> You know, multiple hitter. He's going to have to go through a slew of righties. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, but Houston Harding, maybe he gets out. Good, n- I mean, good enough pitcher that I trust him in that situation. Um, or could you have gone? You know, if you if you wanted to, 
keep him on the right side of the mound? Could you have gone Stinnett there? Or, or yeah. Preston Johnson probably could have come back and done a batter, and then you could have gone to, to – or, or however you wanted to do it. And we had not mentioned it yet, but Brandon Smith's not available Brandon here. Brandon Smith's not he's available. Not, he's not in Nashville this weekend. And right. We don't really know much more other no, than that. But we don't. Um, I think it so kind of may have t- – To answer your question – I thought that I, I didn't think that was the right decision, but at the same time, at, at least, at least Chris Lamonis, when he gives you answers, he answers your question. Mm-hmm. I did it because this is what the analytics said. It's not well. He looks really good in practice. <laughs> yeah, I'm not getting that out of Lamonis. He's telling you, look, this is what our charts say, and we're going to go with them. And I mean, and look, I mean, the Christo guy is, had been pretty darn good up to that point. The guy's his his winning percentage sort of speaks for itself. The number that matters the most, the winning percentage, sort of speaks for itself with Chris Lamonis. State needed to get one win. They got it. Their next twelve conference games, there's three there's three games against South Carolina. Everybody else is unranked and not very good. There's an outstanding chance for you to go nine and three because you, I would feel like almost definitely you're going to sweep at least one series in these final four. I mean, I feel really confident that's going to happen. It could happen this weekend with AM, who's just not very good. Um, and then with the South Carolina series, I think you can take that series. So, like, you know, you could, I mean, you're 11 and 7. You could finish 9 and 3, which puts you in 20 and 10. You could finish 10 and 2, which puts you at 21 and 9. So you're there. You're right there. If, if what we said about being a national seed is sort of tied up in these past two weekends, State's done enough to be guaranteed a national seed and likely oh, yeah. a super regional hosting spot. Yeah, completely agree. Completely agree. And to me, if I'm coming out of this weekend, the biggest thing that that kind of just sticks in your crawl a little bit is State didn't play clean, man. They just... I mean, Cam James chunking the ball in the dugout and stuff like that. I mean, not, not to single him out. I mean, he was, Forsyth had an error. Right. Uh they just had some moments, and they—it's kind of been a repetitive thing throughout the year. It's the thing that, to me, is maybe the most worrisome thing about. It. It's every now and then, just defensively, they shoot themselves in the foot. Sometimes State's biggest, you know, competitive—the the, the biggest opponent is their own self. Um, whether it's walks or whether it's errors or, or whatever, a lot of times they they shoot them their own self in the foot. You talked about that. It was the Arkansas series, right, where the pop up drop and it kind of yeah. Allowed that's where the wheels sort of to fall off. I mean, point, yeah, because you had what two down, you dropped the pop out, and yeah, yeah. So I mean, there's been multiple times this year State has just killed itself, and uh, I mean, you, you can't do that when you're playing teams like Vanderbilt and you're playing Arkansas. You just you can't do it. Um, and you know, Vandy football players may make fun of you or something. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not going down that road. I got something like a really terrible. I could say. I might say it to you after the show. I'm sure people will ask. <laughs> that but. was so much like the kid that hides behind his dad a little bit. That's what Vandy football hiding behind Vandy baseball is. It's like, hey, I can't do anything, but they can. And how <laughs> sad is that? In what world is the football team the little brother making who's talking smack because Big Brother's standing behind him? Big Brother is Kumar Rocker and Jack Leiter. And the football players are like, yeah, what are you going to do about it? Never mind all that. So, MSU, uh, yeah, I think State's in great shape to be a national seed, to be a super regional host. Uh, the, the season has played out, I mean, about as well as you could have hoped for. The, the sweep to Arkansas is still a little bit of an issue. It's still one of those deals where if you could have just got just one, one game. game. All, all you needed was one game. If, you, if State was 12-6 and six at this point, I mean, they'd be in fantastic shape. 
absolutely fantastic. And they're still in good shape. And they're still in really good shape, yeah. So not too terribly uh, worried about it. Let's move on over. Let's watch about our good friends over at Welcome Home Beef. Uh, what can what more can I say about Welcome Home Beef, man? They are just easily one of my favorite local businesses uh, here in Starkville. And they become, they're starting to spread out. You're starting to see their products on the shelves of grocery stores across this state. If you're one of those lucky people, hey, make sure you're buying those products and supporting a great Mississippi business. And it's not like you're, you're buying those products just for that. You're buying those products because they are delicious. The best steaks, burgers, and roasts you can get at the grocery store. If your local market doesn't carry Welcome Home Beef, hey, talk to your butcher and find out what he needs to do to get these great Mississippi products on the shelf. And if you live here in Starkville, well, you just got the best of both worlds because not only are they available at Val's, they are also available at the Welcome Home Beef storefront. Or they've got a lot more on the shelves than just your basics. So a lot of great products there. Come check them out over there on University Drive. Call them today at 662-268-8148 or visit them online at welcomehomebeef.com and you will find out why with Welcome Home Beef. It just tastes good. Two brothers smoked meats, man. They're going to be hopping this weekend with home baseball. I'm sure the weather's going to be fantastic. Joel, don't look that up. Don't, don't hold me accountable to that one. Just <laughs> Let's just go with it for once. And when you come up to Starkville, man, if you don't have two brothers on your list, well, you didn't really come to Starkville because it's just one of the best restaurants in the, in the SEC. Great patio, great beer list, local beers, and, of course, the food is just spectacular. Some of the best barbecue, burgers, sandwiches that you're going to find anywhere. So head over to Two Brothers. Grab a spot right out there on the porch or on the patio. Have a great day of people watching. Enjoy the food. Enjoy the service. And enjoy Two Brothers Smoked Meats. Our good friends over at Advantage Business Systems know that, hey, you're always looking for two things. You're looking for great products and great service. Well, good news, it's all under one roof at Advantage Business Systems. Whatever products and services you need to keep your business going, to upgrade the technology in your office, they've got you covered. But they do it with the kind of service and, and, and special attention to the needs of their customers that only a local business can provide. And that's what they are. They may be a big business. They're still a local business. They've been helping Mississippians for nearly 50 years. Call them today at 601-362-9192 or visit them online at absms.com. You'll find out how Advantage Business Systems will help your business do business. Somebody play that song. Well, it's kind of hard to believe, Joel, but the first wide receiver commitment for Mississippi State uh, is in the boat. You would have thought, you know, that's been the position maybe a few more would be already be in. But uh, Janoris Hobson, also known as Jay Hobson, yes, contractually in this state now, if your name is Jay Hobson, you are a Bulldog. Doesn't matter who you are, doesn't matter what your allegiances have ever been, you're coming on board with us at this point. I'm sorry, it just has to be that way. But Janoris Hobson, a 5'11", 175-pound slot receiver out of Horn Lake, Mississippi, three-star prospect as recorded over here by our friends at 24-7 Sports. Uh, his commitment on a Sunday afternoon offers from, let's pick the good ones here, right? Florida, Florida State, State uh, Ole Miss. No, no offer from Ole Miss, never mind. Tennessee, and we'll go with Memphis. Memphis puts players in the league. Um all indications was this guy was one of the top wide receiver targets uh, for Mike Leach and staff. A explosive playmaker in in the slot. State is starting to build up those kind of guys, and that's you know that's going to be the key uh, for Mississippi State 
going forward is having explosive guys, guys who can turn short passes into long gains who, that you fear in the open field. Uh, the number 19 player in the state of Mississippi as rated by 24-7, both on the composite and on their poll. So here's what I've got for you on this. I think you, I think I found this very interesting. State's class is currently ranked 12th nationally. Mm-hmm. I went back and looked. You'll have to forgive me. I went and looked up the first name that popped into my head that committed sort of later in the process was Malik Neighbors. I know he ended up didn't end up in the class, but whatever. I'll tell you what's crazy about those rankings real quick while we're here. Yeah. Only four SEC teams are ahead of state. Mm-hmm. Alabama is not one of Correct. them. Correct. And Kentucky is. Right. And, and, look, that's crazy. That's Obviously, once it all shakes out and everybody has 25, 26 commitments, the natural of order things will, will reveal itself. <laughs> but that said, at this time a season ago, not even this time, on July 28th of 2020, Malik Neighbors commits to Mississippi State to move the class up to 41st. So here we are in uh, April of 2021, and State's class is ranked 12th. Is State's class going to remain at 12th? No, it's not. Other te- the five-star kids are going to start committing at some point. Obviously, everybody's sort of waiting on June 1st so they can start getting into visits, start getting into camps again. Obviously, the recruiting landscape will look a lot different. But State was 41st going on July 28th of a year ago and finished 26th. It's a not a stretch. It is not much of a stretch, in my opinion, to say they can finish in the top 20 this year. Because once their four-star guys start coming in, once guys like Stone Blanton and uh, R.J. Moss, um, trying to look at the state, Don Terry Russell, and you Xavier Harris. You mentioned last time we were doing recruiting, I mean, like they don't have the quarterback in yet, which maybe, you know, Braden Locke, maybe he gets bumped to a four-star or something. You never know. Commit. I mean, yeah, but, but there's a ton of guys that you feel really good about state getting that aren't in this class yet. So this class is going to get its own bump uh, when the time comes. But yeah, right now, yeah, you're, you're, the 2022 recruiting rankings are sort of silly looking. Uh, Georgia's number one, LSU's number two, totally normal. You know, Rutgers the sixth. Rutgers is what yeah. I said. Speaking of LSU being number two, state had a big recruiting loss to LSU since we last convened on this program. Mason Smith. Oh, yeah, we'll, t- we'll talk about that in just a second. I was, I was trying to think of a commitment there. I was like, <laughs> there was a flip. It's like, I, I wasn't that out of it this weekend. Yeah. Uh, A&M is fifth, talking about the SEC schools. Uh, you mentioned Kentucky, they're 10th, and then State's 12th. Arkansas is 13th. So both State, Kentucky, and Arkansas are ahead of Alabama at this point. And this is one of those things, right? State has 10 commitments. Alabama has six. Would you rather have State's 10, which is one four-star and nine three-stars, or Alabama six, which is two five stars and four six and, f- and four four stars. Yeah, I mean the answer is Alabama. Doesn't Kentucky have like five or six, and they're all four stars? No, Kentucky has eight. They have nine. Oh, okay. one of them which must be a two star or an unranked commitment. Let me look them up. They have a bunch of four stars though. They right? have four four stars yeah, and okay, four three stars, and then one kid is oh he's a kicker, so he's he's a two star. They have wow, that's a really good recruiting class for them, including a top fifty offensive tackle. Not bad. They have two four-star offensive tackles committed. Pretty good. Pretty good for Kentucky. I think State has a very, very legit chance uh, to finish in the top uh, top 20 nationally when this yeah. is all done. Looking at this year's recruiting class, there's a lot of smoke around Washington State transfer recruit uh, receiver Jemire, I believe is his, his first name, Calvin. 
Uh, I, we, I think we've mentioned him before on this show of a guy who, when he entered the portal, we were thought maybe that would be the way they go. But then it seemed like they weren't interested in a transfer receiver. But now that, that that's heating up a little bit, we'll follow. We'll just continue to monitor that. Well, you, you lose a receiver with Javante Payton. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you're going to give me a like-for-like like swap and I can get a guy who's played in Leach's system and been successful in it, I don't I'll know. Take... Is he a slot guy? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, And then, as you mentioned, Mason Smith, who – we talked about the Kareem Walker thing, right? There's always a coach like this, too. There's always a guy like, oh, my God, we can't lose him. And Mason Smith, don't get me wrong, a very, very good recruiting analyst, uh, a, a guy who, who obviously connected with a lot of players and had stayed in on some great players and got some players committed uh, to Mississippi State. But he has decided to go back to his alma mater. And now, and I, look, and we can have this discussion about why would you want to go to LSU? It feels like that's a, a sinking ship, what and it might say? very well be. When but, Mama calls. Well, A, when Mama calls, but B, remember that when from the transition from Joe Moorhead to Mike Leach, State's recruiting staff stayed in place. Those guys don't tend to get fired because those are the guys who have the keys to the players. So when some new coaches are going to come in and completely change his recruiting staff, because then your recruits have then you're no like, relationships yeah, with anybody. Like you have all new assistant coaches and a whole new recruiting staff. Good luck. Good luck. Nobody's doing that. So whoever the next head coach is at LSU, Mason Smith is likely going to remain at LSU. But it is a blow for Mississippi State. You know, in terms of recruiting a guy like Shas Preston. But how big a blow is it? Obviously, if Mississippi State is better offensively this year, and Preston looks and says, "I can catch 50, 60, 70 passes as a freshman." He's going to come to Mississippi State if that's what he wants to do. We'll see who they get to hire. A lot of great names already being thrown out, including his dad, who, you know, is a, uh, I guess it's like a seven-on-seven team down there, the Louisiana bootleggers, and he's been a high school coach. He's got a lot of great connections. Jonathan Banks' name has been brought up. Um, We'll see how it gets filled out. My guess is it's somebody we're not talking about right now, sort of the same way it was with Jay Hobson when when Brad Peterson finally decided to walk away, which, by the way, Point, I, I, this was pointed out on 24-7. I don't remember the poster, so I can't give credit. But when Hobson was hired, MSU announced him as defensive analyst. Mm-hmm. But if you go to hellstate.com, and if we got the full thing here, it's hellstate.com slash staff dash directory slash J dash Hobson slash 61656. A lot of work in there. <laughs> J Hobson, title, director of high school relations. Does not say defensive analyst. So I'm interested to know, <clears throat> what is Jay Hobson actually doing? Is he a defensive analyst, or has he got Brad Peterson's old job? What do you think it is? Maybe he does it all. And they Possible. Just, maybe they just... That's a lot of... That's a lot of <laughs> it feels like a lot of work, though. I wonder if it, if it has changed. Like, whenever they officially announced him originally as a defensive analyst, did it used to say defensive analyst, and like it has just changed to that in recent days? Like... I don't know. I, I don't know the answer to that. I, I'm not 100% sure. Until you brought that up to me when I walked in these doors here at the Super Talk Studios earlier, just in my mind, he was a defensive analyst. I didn't know he was listed as in Brad's old job until, yeah. until you told me. So. Yeah. So. Hatton. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but that's that's an interesting uh, interesting little twist there. I mean, it, did Mason leaving maybe move and shake some people around a little bit? And then no, put, I don't think so. I don't know. I, not so much they would have. I mean, that happened what? Wednesday morning, Thursday morning, something Talk like that. that. I don't think they would have already updated the website with new... I mean, if if they updated his title but didn't put a picture on here, I don't know what to tell you. That's a little weird. <laughs> so, no, I think that that's what he is. 
and they just put defensive analysts out there for some unusual reason. I don't know. Anyway. I'm just trying, I mean, from a numbers perspective, it wouldn't matter because yeah, you can yeah, have as many analysts, many analysts as you analysts want. As you want. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. All right, tomorrow's show. Some baseball, some football, a little of this, a little of that. We'll get it figured out. And then, uh, let's see, looking at the week ahead, obviously the rumblings. We'll be previewing Mississippi State, Texas A&M. we got the cornerbacks this week on a positional breakdown. That should be a lot of fun, a lot of talent to talk about uh, there. And whatever else pops up this week, we'll be happy to talk about it. Guys, have a great rest of your Monday, and we'll be back with you on Tuesday. For Joel T. Coleman, I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.